Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Well, let's continue on in our section of Colossians chapter 2. In verses 16 and 17, we talked about false teachers passing judgment on these Christians because they weren't observing certain diets or certain days as holidays as ways to engage with God. And Paul's continuing that similar theme in these next couple verses. But just for today, I want to look only at verse 18, because he's going to give us the warning, and the next time we'll look at 18 and 19 together, which helps give us the answer. But I think the warning is important for us. So let's look at Colossians 2, verse 18. It says this, Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. Okay, so there's a lot in that one verse, and what I'm going to try to do is just a little flyover to look at what he's saying, and then we'll pause at the end to reflect for a few minutes on what that means for us. So let's just look at how to understand this verse. Verse 18, it begins with the phrase, let no one disqualify you. Okay, now here's another little Bible reading tip. If you remember back to verse 16, it started with a very similar phrase. It said, let no one pass judgment on you. So as you're reading a paragraph by yourself and you see two verses so close together that sound really similar or they're written in a similar way, that's a good sign to stop and just look at those things closer. It's not meaningless that Paul says almost the exact same thing twice, just a few verses apart. And really, the only difference is one word at the end. And so when that happens, it could mean a number of things. He might be contrasting two ideas and the difference, the different word is really important. Or it could be furthering the same point. So he's making a parallel statement to further the point that he's making. And that is what I think he's doing here. He says, don't let anyone pass judgment on you. Now in verse 18, he's saying, and don't let anyone disqualify you. I think he's trying to prove the point two different ways. So in the verses before, when Paul said not to let them pass judgment, he's saying, don't let anybody kind of bring God's judgment upon you that you are unworthy because you aren't clean with certain foods that you eat, or you're not celebrating certain holidays. That's the diets and days that we talked about. He says, you can worship God freely in Christ. So don't let them pass judgment on you. Now he's saying, don't let them disqualify you. And then he goes on to list what one commentator said could be categorized as principles and practices. Right, so we had diets and days, now principles and practices. And these are essentially ways that we grow spiritually. So if the last verses were about how to worship God, how to enter into his presence, these seem to be on our spiritual experience or growth as a Christian. And he says, don't let people disqualify you based on these practices. 
So the one difference in these two phrases is that word that now in verse 18 says disqualify. And it's slightly different than the word used for judgment in verse 16, but it, but it really is similar. The word disqualify, it could also be translated to condemn. But the more nuanced picture there is that it brings like an athletic imagery to it. So consider a, a runner in a race who false starts or a fighter who comes into the weigh-in a little bit overweight, or a baseball player who tests positive for a banned substance. In all those cases, that athlete would be disqualified. They are not allowed to compete for the prize. And that's what the false teachers are saying here. They're saying you are disqualified from being a Christian or growing as a Christian if you do not follow or experience these certain requirements. So what are they exactly being disqualified for? Well, in verse 18, it talks about asceticism, which is essentially a self-denial or severe self-discipline in order that you train yourself away from indulging in worldly pleasures. So there's a spectrum on that, but at the base, it's like severe discipline. Okay, and then he goes on to talk about worshiping angels. And there was a teaching going around that we must practice this intense reverence or even worship of God's angels, the the spiritual beings. And then he mentions that they were having visions. And again, some of this might point back to the Old Testament where people believed that it was severe discipline to your body, like fasting or starving yourself of something that in the Old Testament would bring on these spiritual experiences or encounters with the Lord or with his angels. And so you'd have these visions and they thought, well, if we just disciplined ourselves enough, maybe we could experience that too. So to sum it all up, these practices are ways that we can discipline ourselves to have some sort of spiritual encounter or experience that would make us grow deeper in spirituality. And if you weren't practicing them, or you weren't experiencing them, then they said you are disqualified from the Christian faith. And that is what Paul is warning against in this verse. So with all that being said, let me give you two final thoughts on how that could be brought into our context today. The first one, hopefully quickly. It seems that the main issue for the church, the Christians in Colossae, is that there were people who prioritized these intense spiritual practices or spiritual experiences as core to the Christian faith. So core, in fact, that they were apparently telling Christians, you cannot be Christians without them. And I don't think that's only a problem that they had back then. You know, there are people today that also insist that Christians need to have these intense spiritual experiences or that you have to speak in tongues or that you have to have certain gifts or certain visions or certain encounters with the divine. And I know this might be slightly controversial, but I think all of that is what Paul is warning against here. The idea that to grow, we need these special encounters with angels or special visions or special experiences, I think that is dangerous to the church. So let me just be really clear. Does God do extraordinary spiritual things? Yes, I believe he does still today. 
Are you disqualified from being a Christian if you don't have these intense visions and spiritual gifts and and certain encounters? No, I don't think you are. And if we do say that, if we say that we are disqualified, I think we are adding to the core of our faith, which is the plain gospel that all who have faith in Christ alone receive grace and salvation, not those who have faith and a lot of visions and certain gifts, just those by faith in Christ. Anything else, I think, puts an extraordinary burden on people that isn't from Christ, which leads me to my second and final idea here. That idea of certain gifts and visions may not be your temptation, but I do think we all have these certain requirements that we place on people or ourselves. These added requirements above the gospel that we say people must do or believe or behave in a certain way. So let me end with this. Whether it's some you know intense spiritual experience or not, I'd encourage you to take a moment today and simply ask the Lord what those added requirements might be that you tend to put on people. You know, what apart from faith in Christ alone do you tend to add as a requirement for people to be a Christian or to grow as a Christian? What thing must they do or must they believe or must they behave in a certain way for you to believe they really are a Christian? What are those added requirements for you? And if you feel the Lord gives you something, I'd encourage you to ask him for help to lay those aside. It just might be a heavy burden that he doesn't want you to carry or for you to place on other people. And I believe that you might just experience some freedom in the grace of Jesus Christ alone. So take some time today and just ask yourself, what are maybe some of these added requirements that you have? And would you begin to lay those aside and find growth and freedom and grace in Christ alone? Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace. Peace.